2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. Hello friends. Who wants to hear a quick story about cat safety before we get to the podcast or even the thank yous? If you do, you're in luck. If you don't, you need to fast forward now or find a relative who knows how to fast forward for you or find something else to do for a couple of minutes, such as go and start your complaint review about this bit before the show where I talk about other stuff. So anyway, I foster cats and I keep most of them, in case you don't know. And I have one particular fabulous cat called Little Mary, whom I named after my mother. Little Mary can jump the fence. She's the only one who can and who chooses to. And I have done so many things to the fence, up to and including installing these roll bars that are supposed to stop cats from being able to she actually uses the roll bar to slide over the top. Then I put spikes on the top. She uses the spikes to get over the top. Then I put sort of plastic sheeting on the fence that was supposed to stop her from being able to get a foothold with her little claws. She uses the plastic. So then I thought I'm going to get my entire backyard netted people do that. You can do it. You can turn your whole backyard into like a budgie cage sort of thing with net. And I got the man, a young man, delightful young man, came over and was going to give me a quote. And he measured my garden and I gave him a glass of water. And we had such a great chat about his young children. And then he sent me the quote and it was for $4,000. And I said, I, I emailed him straight back. And I said, how about we do a bit of the yard then? That's heaps. And he never emailed me back. In fact, he refuses to because I've emailed him a couple of times and I've even texted him because we were texting. We were chums. And now he won't text me back. Like he's not, he won't even negotiate. Like I'm not asking for money off. I'm just saying, "Well, let's do a bit of the yard. That's rude, isn't it? So what I'm asking you is, do you know how to keep cats in yards? My mum says that my departed father reckoned mothballs. She said pop used to say mothballs, put mothballs around the top of the fence. But I think he was suffering some oxygen deprivation to the brain toward the end. So I'm not rushing out to the mothball aisle of the supermarket, but I am rushing to say thank you to the following patrons, whether you're a patron or not. If you know, I tell you what, if you know how to keep a cat in a yard, I'll give you a free patron membership. What a massive prize. I'll give you anything if you can help me keep little Mary in the yard because I can't suffer another loss and that's actually serious. It's actually serious. I feel like I cannot suffer another loss in my life now. I actually can't, okay? That's one friend to another, I'm telling you that. Please, I can't lose little Mary. Okay, all right. Thank you, Tari Edwards. Good name. Jessie Nekovsky. Bloody great name. Sarah Rank. I love that. Oi, Sarah Rank. Rank. That's such a great name. I love that you kept it. Yes, you can change them. I changed mine in grade nine geography. Angela Masterson. And can I say, I changed the spelling of my name well before the zeitgeist of stupid spellings of names. Like I changed the spelling of my... It must have been about 1987 when I changed the spelling of my name, Michelle. Way before the Bogans were onto it. Angela Masterson. Joe Davey. Heath Johnson. Marco Antonovich. Danielle Liu. Vicky Taylor. Adam Curry. Ben Jackson Ling. That's terrific. That's got a real cross-cultural flair to it, hasn't it? Ben, wonderful. Bell, just Bell. James Harvey, Penny Palmer, A M H. Sounds like a law firm. C C. Spelled S E E S E E. Love it. Brooke O'Connor, Jane, just Jane. Barton Slattery. That sounds like a law firm as well. Barton Slattery. Zoe speaking. Jacinta, Shanna Liv. Shannon Limden. Laura Fraser, Monique Every, Alison Visser, love that one, I think I've said that before but it's worth saying again, Elaine E, Brianna Krause, Rebecca Higgins, Matt and Lindy Fowler, oh well you can't have a joint one, it's only five bucks, Christ on a tool shed, get one each, I know times are tough but, oh. Lauren McCoy and Courtney, Thank you. If anyone can help with little Meewee, that's what we call her, little Meewee, please get us on Facebook or do something of that nature. Hello, Kim. Pause. Let's get on with the show. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children.
2: And he hated himself for being a drug addict and having to go to jail because that's the only way he knew how to cope and get off drugs. He was going to jail because he's so young. You know, at that age, they're not very grown up yet. I thought he might wake up to himself by me removing everything he ever wanted. And I didn't know that what happened was going to go down. I didn't know how to deal with it anymore, so I just stopped answering the telephone. Then at 10.30 at night or something, I woke up. And then I sent him a message, I apologised. But I didn't know he's already gone by that stage.
0: Victoria's Latrobe Valley has been synonymous for at least a decade now with Australia's ice crisis. Although the fact is that for many of us, Ever since we first heard of Jaden Lesky and the pigs head gang in the mid nineties, the Latrobe Valley has always held a kind of fascination. Could it really be possible that the head of a real pig was thrown onto the lawn of a house by a gang on the same night as a baby disappeared from that same house and that the two were completely unrelated? It turned out that in Moe, in the Latrobe Valley, yes, it was entirely possible and that was just the tip of the iceberg of what was possible. Jaden and his mother Belinda's victimhood became completely lost in the circus that followed. And that's really the story of the Latrobe Valley in so many ways. This is a collection of communities created by the state government to mine coal and run electricity plants. And then when they saw the end of that industry coming, they sold everything off and left hundreds of thousands of people out there in the valley with no jobs and no other industries. The valley was used to near full employment, but post-privatization, the number of people receiving unemployment benefits increased by over 78%. People were left shocked, humiliated, destitute, and hopeless. Lots of people, and now, it's generations of people. I think that when we hear and read the Latrobe Valley is a hot spot for the ice scourge, many of us think that just makes sense and we don't think much more about it. But today we're going to hear from a woman for whom so much of it doesn't make sense and she's right in the middle of it. Her name is Stacey. She lives in Taralgon And five years ago, her boyfriend was stabbed to death by a young woman he didn't know. And Stacey still has no idea why. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims and what happens next. Bonnie Sawyer-Thompson is likely to be released any day now for the 2014 murder of Jack Nankervis in Morwell. Bonnie stabbed Jack 70 times. An attack of that level of violence will usually tell an investigator to look for someone close to the victim because it seems like a crime of hate. To stay close to a victim for that length of time. To inflict that much damage, which is clearly more than is necessary. It's literally overkill. It takes real anger. It must be a very personal attack. Or possibly... It takes insane fear. Prosecutor Campbell Thompson told the La Trobe Valley Supreme Court that Bonnie believed her family would be killed if she didn't kill Jack. And there are many around Tarelgan who understand why she might have thought threats like that were very serious and very real. Bonnie was in a relationship at the time of the offence with a man by the name of Philip Mifsud, which was described by witnesses as abusive. They described seeing him forcefully cut her hair at a party, put firecrackers down her top and throw a can of pet food at her head. The Herald Sun described Philip Mifsud as a depraved ice dealer who craves criminal infamy, but they went on to say he's unlikely to ever be charged. To further complicate matters, Bonnie was 19 when she carried out the killing, has an IQ of 70 According to her counsel, she has a significant intellectual disability, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a dependent personality disorder. Those closest to the victim, 22-year-old Jack Nankervis, were left more confused than ever by the trial and by Bonnie's guilty plea. I traveled to Taralgon to visit his girlfriend, Stacey. Funny, smart, beautiful, and from a very straight family, She's now 32 years old and the mother of six, one of whom is Jack's son, Leighton. I started by asking Stacey when she first encountered drugs.
2: When I met Jack, I didn't really know, I didn't even know what ice was. Um, And I didn't touch it ever, like, he didn't do it every day. He'd done it, say, once a month on a weekend, but I let him go out. He never done it at home. He didn't bring a criminal life into my home around my kids. Um, the only person in my life to make me believe that I was worth something. I was, you know, a beautiful person. I didn't, yeah. And I just had a lot of dickheads in my life. <laughs> Treated me like crap. So, yeah, he was, he just got mixed up in the wrong crowd of mates owing money to people. That, and that's how it all sort of started. Like he was trying to protect a mate. I'm not meant to know that you know i'll keep quiet about what i do no because i'm like afraid of all that sort of guy Like i come face to face with the person who it's so obvious he was involved but he still doesn't get locked up over it in through court and that i just couldn't i still don't understand um, it's very obvious that she that girl she didn't do like she didn't i don't believe um for a second i can't look at her and not and feel hate or feel anger or I just see this poor girl that is her like her IQ. You can tell just by looking at her and how she presents. Like she does have a low IQ, but they're like it's not low enough to be marked as intellectual. Like it'd have to be. Even homicide said this place is great, like disgusting. They never want to work here ever again. <laughs> yeah, the Valley, Just from that investigation, like and how brutal, how. Yeah, it was be- very, a lot to take in, obviously. Like, um, but yeah, the police hated Jack. They, they even said to me after he died, it was bound to happen. Oh, did you just, did I just hear that from the police? I was just I was like, I was just shocked. Was like, All right. The judge down here that signed off on it, like he didn't have any idea what to do because she had no motive. Like, she just met him that night. She didn't even know his real name. Until he was, like, she was in the police station. It's a very messed up story, like. And to get your head, like, I don't even know. When people even talk about it now, yeah, just say, you know what? I'll get you the court transcripts or something. You can read it. I don't know where to start and you'll just, just think, that is insane. Like, you know, that's cooked. Like, oh, is on drugs. She's just talking about bullshit. Like, no, I'm not actually. Like, yeah, i have to be on drugs and take that in. I didn't like that at the start. I thought it was very... I was like, how rude is this person? <laughs> you know, because he's very straightforward. Like, and I wasn't used to it. 2011, the end of 2011, he just gotten out of jail. So this is, uh, okay, so he just gets out of jail and his sister is living with me. So I met his sister and then she had to know where to live, blah, blah, blah. So I said, oh, you can stay in my place a couple of weeks, turn into a couple of months, whatnot. I had a partner who was kind of doing a three-year jail sentence. Jack used to come to me about, all oh, this girl, cr- the first I would ever cry on my shoulder. I'm thinking, I don't even, I'm not used to this stuff. And I, was like, I do, I do, I can't laugh, I can So I just listened. But then, yeah, we become really good friends. So, And then months down the track, he's, yeah, like a little kid, you know, the real that he, and his feelings. <laughs> um, and then, yeah kind of went from there. Yeah, we didn't really have bad times. And I think it was all very... The one person that made me um, feel good about myself, the only person that could lift my spirits, like my self-esteem, confidence. I didn't have any of that going. Like I didn't even see myself look in the mirror and think, oh, look, nice. And, look. and Jack's like, what do you mean? Like, get in that mirror. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, so I started thinking, oh, I'm not that bad of a person. I'm not. <laughs> but it was good. Like, it was, I'm glad that... I did, even though it was for a short time, I did feel like a lot longer than two two and a bit years like, that I knew him for, so. Like, the kids liked him. He, um, yeah, he didn't have much of a clue, an idea because he was only young. He didn't look as young as he was either, so I was shocked. Um, But he got along with the kids, yeah. And Declan, him and Declan, they were, it's like Declan, Declan was his son. So when Layton was born... I got a bit, you know, angry. I was like, why won't you have anything to do with your son, your actual son? Well, oh, because me and are playing PlayStation, blah, blah. And then Jack didn't, uh, he goes, I don't know what to do. He's too small. Because he was so big, you a man. He's like, my hands are too big. That's, too, I'll break him. I'll, <laughs> yeah, so Declan, um, he suffered a lot when Jack passed away too because he, like, had a lot of people come into his life that he'd attached to that well but they either die or they leave and that's how the like put it to me but yeah yeah he's, it's been a lot for them taking as well especially that they can read a newspaper and some of the things I just thought kids don't have that newspaper but it's a newspaper like yeah don't go get it out of the mailbox here mommy you know it's like hectic it's like I can't get it you know I can't put it in place in my own head let alone how their how the kids do it so I do talk to them about about it when they are latent, I don't bring Jack up ever. But when he does ask, I do, that's when we do talk about it. So I don't want everyone to bring it up, bring it up like stuff with his mind. He's only a little, but um, if only he knew just how identical he is to his dad in every little way. It's kind of creepy at times. <laughs> After his dad died, I believe that's when Jack's criminal record started to rack up and he became a different person, very angry a heart attack just in the lounge room like in front of him so he blamed himself because he got up to yell at them and now uh, him and his sister over like mm. an internet it's his time on the internet she changed the password so he couldn't and his dad got out like an opera and yeah and his blood pressure went through the roof and he was already very sick um he had a double heart bypass already and five years later just- he suffered a lot from he just his heart bled for his father and then trying to look after his mom keep yeah, he had a lot of pain that he didn't let out. Well, it's been five years since Jack passed away, and that's, uh, I think, wow, that happened very quick. It's also been, when you're living in my, like inside, it's very slow. The days are long. Yeah, drag. Is anything ever going to get better? Probably not. You know, stuff the world. Like, <laughs> And it's sad that you end
0: up thinking like that, but... After the break, Stacey talks about the many ways her life has changed since Jack's violent death. Coming up on Australian True Crime, Stacey tells us about her fears for her children growing up in the Latrobe Valley. But first, she recalls how quickly everything changed for her and her boyfriend, Jack Nancurvis. Right before Jack's death,
2: he was obviously using a lot of hanging around people he never around before. It was very... Why?
0: Why do
2: you think that happened? I don't actually know um, if people who, are, who should actually, just speak the truth and stuff, like, I don't jail, people go to jail, this, that, people get, like, I don't want revenge because I don't wish anyone else's family to go through the crap that I and my kids had to as well as his mother whatnot because, yeah, that's just lowering yourself to their sort of standard, but it is very inhumane, I believe, that someone can act out for no given reason really, just all in the greedy drug game kind of thing. You're a threat to us.
0: So do you think somebody came into his world three weeks before he died? Do you think someone else showed up? or It
2: was all very different. My understanding is he's started helping someone close to him like one of his mates saying, I'm, I, I don't actually know, but the only thing that makes sense to me from sitting in court and now gathering it over the years, it's just all came together in bits and pieces or someone will come to you and be like. But
0: you noticed at home his behaviour? Oh, just yeah. We, he just
2: didn't want to listen. I said, don't, please don't. Like Go out, dealing with other people's problems.
1: To find out if it's right for you,
2: um, because you know, yeah. you know, he's like this person can't stick up for themselves, blah blah, and he's just very loyal to people that um, he believed he had to be. And at the end of the day, well, he left his family home, went to do that, and that was kind of never seen him. No, once after that. And then I left town because it was the psychosis stage was getting too insane for me. I see. And then my family getting targeted as well. Jack kicked my dad's back door in while he was sleeping. But because I left, he believed I was keeping his son from him. By the way. But Jack also knew damn well that I was never about keeping waiting away from him. He couldn't even look after himself in the end. At the, and it was just horrible to watch. And... He's very unpredictable, so I just didn't understand. I thought the only thing is going on here is you're just having a mixture of whatever drugs you're doing and whatever people are giving you because that's jack wood, you know, people give in everything. And he's like, hey, party.
0: And yeah. So you went to Shepparton um, and did
2: he not know where you were? Oh, he knew, but he didn't believe. I don't think he wanted to believe I had actually gone because it was not like me to take up. I was never scared of him. I never worried or... I just couldn't watch it and I couldn't watch what was happening and I didn't know that what happened was going to go down. No. Either I didn't think that. I thought he might wake up to himself by me removing everything he ever wanted, like he'd say, everything he had, the family, you know, and he hated himself for being a drug addict and having to go to jail because that's the only way he knew how to cope and get off drugs was going to jail because he's so young, yeah. so, you know, at that age. They're not very grown up yet. <laughs> and he was very grown up, though, before his age, too. So, yeah, so
0: then drugs thinking,
2: on top of that, too. It,
0: you're thinking it could be a wake-up call, take the kids
2: away for a little while? And yeah, and hopefully he would, because um, he'd never been like this ever, ever. And I didn't even know where he was, and then when I found out, yeah, just heaps of people that I didn't even know existed, let alone. That's weird. You didn't just hang around. Like, you hung around... Random, really, just enter a party and like you don't even know these people. Like, Jack just mixed with crowds,
0: easy like that. But yeah, so you kicked in your dad's back door, yeah, in
2: hope that I would come out of my out or somewhere I might be there, but I wasn't. And um, he didn't hurt my dad, but uh, I didn't know that because I'd been the police, like, stressing out. I was in Shepparton, and I um, can't go really out hurt my family. <laughs> I, he was just threatening that. Because he, yeah, and then he realised I was actually in Shepparton. And I spoke to him on the telephone the day he died. What was that conversation like? Um, weird. He wanted to come to Shepparton. Then he'd fight with me. if' so would hang up. And, in the end, I didn't answer my phone. We exchanged, I exchanged some rather, words that I hated myself for afterwards because I basically said, I hate you. I never, yeah, Yeah. and that's what I had to live with afterwards. Mm -hmm. Little did anyone realise, but that, I now, he didn't hate you, like, you know. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't know how to deal with it anymore, so I just stopped answering the telephone. Then at 10.30 at night or something, I woke up, and then I sent him a message, I apologised, but I didn't know he was already, like, gone by that stage. And, yeah, so...
0: So,
2: when did you find out? How did you find out what had happened? His sister rang. I seen her. And I got up. I just went through Facebook, whatever. I said, oh, Jesus, like, you know, there's been some girls murdered a male in more. Like, that's outrageous. 19 year old girl. Not thinking anything. Like, get, shoot, just get gone past it, whatever. And then his sister rang up. And I just, and I just still remember, just like, is this some kind of sick joke? So yeah, didn't didn't sink in at first, and then I'd remember hit in the ground, I think, and then my cousin who I was living with, she was like, "Wow, what's going on?" I'm like, hey. do
0: you remember what Jack's sister said?
2: She must, yeah. Well, she must have. She well, she rang me and she just said, "It was him. He's gone." Like, I said, "What do you mean?" Like, you know, um, and then she said, "She killed him." And I didn't still didn't I? Like, nothing, and what do you mean, she? And then, yeah, so my sister came all the way from Travelling to Shepparton, picked me up. Poor thing, it was, a, it was quite a driver, the whole way home. And, yeah, I was just trying to let it sink in. And then, yeah, his funeral and stuff, like, after that. I kind of went off the rails, really, just didn't want to deal with much and then everyone and their stupid stories and their rumours. So I started acting out violently and, (laughs) you know, no no everyone really liked it. Like this little quiet innocent girl has gone like this monster. But, yeah, I had a lot of rage and I was just determined to find out what the hell that just doesn't go down, you know, especially in such a little town too and just put that sort of news out there. But everyone talks around this town too, so And there's
0: some scary people in
2: the town. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a very dark place. <laughs> but I didn't have an issue. Like, I don't have, ever have a reason to be scared of anybody because I've never, even though I was in that lifestyle, I knew how far kind of to go, who not to, you know, like a lot of girls and they, they drug girls and they are be best friends. I oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to be friends. Be the best friends of anyone like. they be hanging around people's houses. I just don't know it was natural instinct of some sort. I don't know.
0: I just wanted to stay home
2: and deal, like, try and deal with I was scared of being around people.
0: What about Bonnie Sawyer Thompson's boyfriend?
2: Yeah, well, that... Uh, Philip Mifsud. Yeah, he's 110% involved. It, he was pretty scary. He tries to be intimidating. I've become face-to-face with him.
0: The suggestion is that he intimidated her. Oh, and threatened her and threatened to hurt her family, including her young she has got a record of it too, of yeah. other girls around here. And that that's why she killed
2: Jack because she didn't know Jack. She was drugged out of her brain too yeah. before. She didn't even, I know someone that's seen her only hours. Like, and that was one of Jack's friends and he was going to stand trial as well, but that all got called off. I think it's bullshit because Jack didn't even know Bonnie. For one, mm. and how did Jack and Phil know each other? So, I didn't know him at the start, but in the end, I found out years ago, when Jack was a lot younger, he lived in mully that's where Phil's hometown. Mm-hmm. And that's how they knew each other. Nice. never't did he hear Jack speak of his name. Never did he hang around him, and then he just randomly rolls up in his life. so I don't say so i don't I don't know if Jack was hanging around another group. Who Phil was associated with, I don't. That's it. Could have worked out like that. I don't think it was just Phil going for the personal one-on-one attack because he was weary of Jack, I believe. And but then Jack was also very, very weary. I mean, that wasn't like Jack to be worried that someone was a bit twisted.
0: I can't imagine how frustrating frustrating it is to lose your partner in this extremely violent attack and have no idea why. I think I still um struggle
2: to like I don't think about it anymore like is it just I can't things do pieces come together like slowly down the end of the day I've come to the understanding of the whole drug related thing gone wrong and Jack's been there to be a you know some sort of protector for somebody else whatnot and unfortunately that protector's been taken away because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't go in and do that with, I don't know, money, like, yeah, it was all drug-related. And he was a lot smarter too, but he also didn't have fear, (laughs) which was the headache. Layton will be somewhat like his father, so I just want to take that sort of big pain thing away, so I don't want Layton to go running to drugs. I don't want him to go just try and find different, avenues that they can come to me or they can come to someone very close by because um it's going to be a big thing to hit the kid with like uh the appropriate age is still not known like but yeah he he knows his dad he's in here. like he's gone and that someone hurt him he even asked why but I just yeah I can't I don't know what to say to a six-year-old child <laughs> it's enough for me to take in a, being an adult So, yeah, I just want the peace, like the justice and that for his sake so he doesn't end up, it's just a repeating cycle. I don't want that to happen. I'm trying my hardest not to. I don't think any of my kids will. They've seen, I've been very honest to my older kids, they've seen things around other family members they shouldn't even mean or had to listen to or worry about. But they're very very smart for their age and they do not want to, It'd be like us kind of thing. <laughs> I like that my kids stay on Fortnite, video games. It's um, I feel a lot more at peace other than worrying. Are they like with kids their age around here, they're even doing it. What age is that? So my kids are between, like the oldest ones are 15 and 12. There's some really young kids, adults, you know, I didn't think adults would. Hey guys, you can go sell this for us or whatnot, and if you get caught, we won't go to jail. But, yeah, they're dependent to the drug. Like, And it's – I didn't get addicted. Like, I, I'd used it for a pain, and that's what I can now see. I didn't know that. At first I thought I was some dirty drug Like, <laughs> nothing was good about it, I knew that. But in a stupid sense, it did save my life because I don't think I would have been able to be strong enough. It's like that day my weird everything's like – got ripped apart like it's very hard to explain the, the feeling but i had to hold myself together because I. there was not a minute i couldn't like you know stop sobbing like and the pain in their eyes um i didn't want them to be they shouldn't have to be um you know stressed about me worried about me like they're kids you know they look up to me they're not meant to be them brave little soldiers that they end up being and i i was just like that's horrible that they even had to be like that because yeah so yeah I turned to that stupid drug but down here, says they don't help there's, there's no program like there are certain little things that I didn't get told about I had to find myself withdrawal nurses detox I went to Melbourne I went back to detox again in sale and then I had a care and recovery worker drug and alcohol cancelling like they really there's not enough workers, or there's just, and they say there's not, they give enough money to. They definitely do need a rehab and something down this way. There's one apparently in Bairnsdale, but that's still two hours that way. Melbourne's two hours that way. There was talk about something being put here, um, the local MP, to of not being a drug addict. <laughs> then there was talk about a rehab, <laughs> this, that, like there's one in Ice Meltdown Projecting in Warrigal, but it doesn't seem to be the greatest. Everyone thinks that they just get drugged up there I went to detox it wasn't there was no there isn't a medication to come off ice like there is for heroin or I'm I'm glad there isn't though because then I'd get dependent on the medication because it's just making you kind of feel the same as a drug did Valium they give you for three days and then boom that's it Jack's death it has affected my life more than I thought it changed me as a whole person. Like, I struggle to be happy. or find things to be happy over. My kids are the, probably the thing that kept me sane, the only people that kept me sane. And my partner, like, keep ended up being my partner. But he was friends with Jack years ago when they were younger. Um, but, yeah, it's caused a lot of problems in my relationship life just because of things, ways I've acted out would be seemed crazy to die, up that four things copped a lot of crazy lady thing. um <laughs> but I didn't understand that I was taking it out on people around closely my mum though they, they've all dealt with a lot of heartache and confusion to why she's like so crazy like is she gonna hurt herself next like I did sometimes have thoughts of I don't even want to be here anymore I didn't even think of it was weird because I never want to take myself away from the kids but I didn't even think for the sec like that didn't even go through my brain. And that's when I realised, hold on a minute. There's a different mind state that you can you know
0: That's proper suicidal, isn't
2: it? It's, it's, and it's scary because I didn't care at the time. I just I'm just like I didn't do it because I attempted to, but stupid me. Felt like the is parent going after. It. Like, why would you do that after what's happening? <laughs> you know, but I, you don't. because you were sick. Yeah, and that's actual mental illness at its finest. So I got back on, like, I've got back on medication, and I do need medication. It's been five long years. I've kept a hold of my kids and everything until last year. Domestic violence, stupid drugs were drugs were the big the thing that caused all of this. Um. And I'm just glad that I didn't, that I did come out. I didn't, I'm not stuck like a lot of people. I'm not, because I do feel sorry for them, but I can't help them. I don't know how to. I'm barely like knew how to help myself at the end of the day. I'm just glad I didn't go diving in there to a drug life the way some did because I probably wouldn't have come out. It's none of me business what people were doing, you know. I yeah. kept
0: it very. And that when your kids went to live elsewhere, that you didn't then dive harder and deeper into drugs? I went back to it Yeah, but a I, few times, yeah. but I didn't
2: go hard again like it's I was done with it after the stuff with Jack like that was like two years of just constant drugs and shit it's like I don't even like it a lot but it's how I coped and but I had to realize I had a problem at the end of the day too like I was masking it doesn't matter if whatnot I still was covering the pain with a drug I didn't know I was doing that though but I know I wanted to get help like they tried putting me you're going to detox you're going to No, I'm not. You, like, go stuff yourself, like, tell me what to do. You just have no idea. So I did go and just abuse the shit out of me, whole family, like, so, you know, (laughs) very classy, not really, but, (laughs) yeah, at least I've learned now and I can still sit here today and remember everything that I did do and how I did come away from it because apparently psychosis hits people and they don't, every time they touch a drug, they go straight into a psychosis. And, yeah, no, I don't. I'm glad I did get to that.
0: Are you and Jai still together? Um, <laughs> It's complicated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, I've got me shit together, Um, okay. finally, but, you know, they say they don't grow up until they're 30. It's still a couple of years away. Okay, I'm hoping that, yeah, but I'm not going to put so much of my time into everyone and everything else How and forget you? myself.
0: Thirty-two. God, you're
2: so young. It's such so, such a lot. Oh, all these young people that are around me, like,
0: yeah.
2: they all look older.
0: Dude.
2: Yeah. And I think, oh, he's only twenty-seven. <laughs> Child's only twenty-seven. doesn't. He likes to think that he looks younger than Amy, but he maybe. He frigging doesn't at all. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> so like at least I have got that one on yes, you know? Yeah, I don't. I haven't aged as much as you would think, but no,
0: you don't
2: look thirty-two. I still looked after myself, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're on drugs, you forget to look after yourself. Yeah. But I kind of did, you know, in a way. Like, got a bit skinny. I thought that right. life was great because I'd been a chubby girl the whole life, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was great. But I look back on pictures and I think, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, um, Life is just full of lessons and mistakes are made every day. It doesn't matter how old you are. I just want to um, live life to the fullest. And I am only 32. Like, I'm still young. And I haven't really lived... A life from me. How old's your eldest child? Almost 12. 15. Oh, 15, gosh. Yeah, so you've never... I've just been a mum. Yeah, you've yeah. never lived I didn't, no. no. I've never been part Like, yeah, you go out, no. nightclubs. I don't even really know what is. I went out once in Melbourne, of my sister's hands and I, and I don't ever think I want to go out. <laughs> I got kicked out of the Crown Casino because I was way too drunk. It was good, though, but yeah, I've never gone out and done things. Like I should have been the other way around, you know going out with all my mates go before you have children but life just doesn't even happen that way I know like I am proud of myself now because I was having six kids at my age and doing most of it on my own until now and they're not bad because like they got manners like they're, they're spoiled little brats but you would think it's a lady that young six kids like I don't know the thought that go through my head and then prior to meeting that person everyone's been there like yeah, it's so nice and you're so wild. I'm thinking, what were you expecting?
0: I was comparing it to my house, honestly, and I've only got two kids, but I didn't know you had six kids. I was just walking in here thinking... I am a Mikey are oh. here, so... Yes. <laughs> I was just
2: thinking, oh, it's so nice. Oh, and so nice. I was an OCD freak that run around after and picking everything yeah. up, so I don't do that now because I can't...
0: If you or someone you care about is struggling with addiction, you can call Lifeline for help on 13 11 14... Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week.